Hey, first and foremost, thank you for tuning in to Behind the Brain podcast, and this is going to be your first episode. A good friend of mine made a very good point about who's the podcast for and what's it going to be about. So in this episode, Aaron interviews me and we delve into that. So enjoy. Good afternoon, good morning, anyone and everyone who's listening to this. Um, yeah, a bit of a, a strange approach um, helping James launch his podcast. I think one of the things James really wanted to do to start with was not necessarily give his whole background and story, um, but give everyone a brief introduction to himself and most importantly, why he's chosen to do a podcast, what he's hoping to achieve with it and who he's trying to help. And so he's asked me to come on board for the first episode and just act as, um, as the host, I suppose. I promise you that after this episode, I will be handing the reins back to James and he will be your, your host and interviewer. Um, but without further ado, James, should we just jump in? Yeah, so I'm James Bazan. Go on then, first question, go. <laughs> James, everyone knows what your name is because they've downloaded the podcast. I imagine that most people listening to this have at some point come across you, whether that's on social media or they work with you in person or they've heard of you. Um, tell us quickly, are you on, uh, where can people find you on social media? So Instagram will be Right Mind Fitness same for facebook as well those are the only two platforms mm -hmm. i use and post from time to time am i right in thinking you also have a mailing list yeah i do actually i do i do ha uh, i always forget to promote that i know right so i do do a weekly oh, blog where, 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 if, if people wanted to, what sort of um, information do you offer on your mailing list because i don't have one myself so i'm not quite familiar, not sure what that would uh, incorporate so it, i'm i suppose i talk about things that are going on in my life I share what I think is helpful. So like if I listen to a really good podcast or something, I'd share that. I'd share um, other personal trainers posts and stuff like that. So just hopefully helping people that follow me understand certain things. So if I saw, say you did a really good post about training, I'd be like, oh, I read this post by Aaron and I would, I would happily share that. And then I obviously put in my own two pence about certain things as well. I suppose it allows you to go into a bit more depth and detail um, as opposed to just an Instagram post. You can probably provide a bit more long form content, a bit more value in there. Yeah, well, I can't. Sorry, I can't take value seriously these days. Only a few that will listen will know. <laughs> um, yeah, well, the thing is, with the, the best thing about email, if someone doesn't un unsubscribe from you, of course, is that you have their direct attention, don't you? So if we look in the world of Instagram, and I do this myself, you know, I like posts without even sometimes reading the caption. I just like the picture or I like the video or it, it usually comes down to I like the person more and I'd rather help them in that way, let's say. Um, so I, I feel that that happens. Obviously, with Instagram, people don't have that focus. Whereas if you have someone um, by email, it's like a completely different way of connecting with that person it's always quite nice when people message back oh that was really helpful i found that quite useful thank you you know and i think i feel like if someone wants to be a part of your mailing list they're more invested in actually reading what you send them over yeah. instagram it's just a that's a real habitual thing that we have now that we just scroll and just whatever right cool so there you have it, everyone if you're not following james on social media then you know where to find him and if you ever want to get on his mailing list all you have to do is get in contact with him but before we get on a tangent about social media um and uh producing content my understanding james correct me if i'm wrong is 
you've actually come from a slightly different background to most people in terms of personal training. You know, most people get their qualification, they start working in the gym. My understanding is you've actually got a background in the military, in the, in the Marines. Is that right? Yeah. So how long did you spend in the Marines? Just under seven years. Okay. So what sort of age did you first uh, get into personal training? Wow. Um, 28. Okay. Yeah, quite late to the game compared oh, to most yeah, people. Interesting. And you've always and you've you've always um, you went straight into personal training, as it were. Didn't didn't spend time doing like gym staff sort of thing. Just got your qualification straight in. No, not no. Actually, because I went to David Lloyd, and you wasn't allowed to start. You couldn't. Put, so you could be a level three personal trainer, but you had to act as a level two. So you mm-hmm. take classes, inductions, and stuff like that. And I had to do that for a few months, but. If I'm perfectly honest, I just didn't, didn't want to be there and I didn't like the way the structure was. And it's like, it's like you know what you're capable of, but you can't do anything, you know, you're, like, you're not allowed to. So I left there, went self-employed. Um, mm-hmm. And then in that short amount of time of actually me handing my notice and I got offered a job at Grenade Fit, which is in Chichester, which obviously... And the rest is history. And that's it, yeah, that's it. Um, and then your rise to famedom and stardom. Um, right. Excellent. So, there's a little bit of background on you. Don't want to dive into that too much because we want to give the people what they want. What I want to know, what I want right now, James, is I want to know a bit more about why you wanted to start a podcast. And the only reason I'm putting you on the spot on the spot like this, admittedly, is you know there's a lot of podcasts out there, um, and usually most of them I find have very specific aims you know if i Mm. want to learn about um marketing strategies i can find lots of podcasts for that if i want to find podcasts about diet and nutrition i can find those podcasts whatever whatever anyone wants to find they can usually find a a specific area on spotify on apple Podcasts, wherever you find them so what i want to know is what made you want to start a podcast you know you've obviously got other social media channels put content out um what made you want to start it um, you know, who, who do you think you'll be trying to speak to um, on this in, in terms of the listeners? What sort of, mm. you know, um, people are you trying to help? Um, and, and what can we expect moving forward from this podcast? I know it's putting you on the spot a little bit, but I think it's handy to put it out in, in, in front. And I'd love to hear mm. your thoughts. So I suppose the first time I ever thought about a podcast is when me and you were sat in my front room and we did it and we were just two like giggling kids and nothing sort of materialized but I've always thought about doing it but the thing that stopped me I suppose is thinking about how can you do something different because and and this is the thing no matter who does it even if I talk about the same things or interview the same people the interview is going to be the different thing isn't it really but then you have to obviously have subjects that may be a bit different. So if I, if someone's interviewed you, then I interview you. I would say someone else has interviewed you. Those are going to be two completely different podcasts because of the interviewer. Um, it's something I've definitely always wanted to do, but I thought, how do one, how do I get into it? And how can I be a little bit different as, from coming from a personal training background? And that's when I fell into like, I just woke up one morning and I thought about it. It was like two weeks ago. And I was like, oh, actually, I listen to a lot of um, personal training podcasts, but I'm always intrigued to know what's behind that person. How are they brought up to a degree, their history, training background, what got them into training? What do they do now? 
And that's sort of where, where I wanted to go with it. And I f- started thinking about people I know. And I was thinking, wow, that person's got a cool story that no one knows about. And I, and I thought that about so quite this, a lot of people. So, so is this going to be aimed primarily at, you know, if you're thinking of, if you're picturing the people who you want listening to this, mm. are they personal trainers? No, um, anyone. To be honest, it, even I'm not going to interview just personal trainers or people I know in um, fitness. I'm going to interview clients as well. You know, people okay. uh, like real stories. You know, people that. So when I said, um, "Oh, I know that person," that doesn't mean it's going to be someone in fitness. It, it's potentially going to be someone you know, like, like I say, like a client or a friend mm-hmm. who I think have had quite cool walks of life. And I and I feel so, for some people, whenever I've listened to a podcast. And I've really related with that person when it's been like an interview, say like a Joe Rogan style, where he's not talking about a product, he's talking about the person. And I find that that being able to relate to that person is quite nice. And I, I don't know if we have anyone that does that sort of in the fitness industry that interviews the person and wants to know about them. And obviously you can't uh, tell the future and, 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 and you know foresee how every single episode is going to go. Mm. But what do you think people, at least what do you hope people, your listeners, will take away from these sorts of episodes? So, so again, if yeah. I'm listening to a podcast about marketing, then obviously the person who creates that is hoping yeah. I, I leave with you know, a better understanding of a certain marketing strategy. Or if I'm not sure about diet and I listen to a podcast on diet, nutrition, mm-hmm. then I'm going to leave with a better understanding of a certain topic within yeah. you know, nutrition and diet. So is there something that you're hoping people take away from these podcasts specifically, or are you hoping there will be areas that you cover? What are your thoughts regarding that? A bit of both. I, people being relatable to say similar experiences and realizing they're not the only one, but there will be as well. If I, if I say, if I interview someone and I know that they're like uh, an expert on something, let's say, I will try and take something from that as well. So the listener can take something away. So let's say easiest one, interviewing a personal trainer. As much as I want to know about them, I will get them to cover a topic they're quite passionate on as well. So you're sort of hearing their story and then hopefully we can cover a topic that they like talking about as well. So there's something, hopefully there's a few things to take away relatable to the person. You enjoy listening to their story and then hopefully they give you a few nuggets at the end or some value um, in like the fitness realm. Yeah, it's interesting you say that you're actually considering and hoping to interview some of your clients because I think mm. it would be fair to say that a lot of fitness personal training podcasts tend to interview and talk to people who are already personal trainers, online coaches that they work within fitness. Yeah. Um, what made you want to obviously this is you know, looking down the line a little bit we haven't done them you haven't done them yet but what made you want to interview your clients who obviously aren't personal trainers or coaches in, in any way um and why do you feel as though talking to those individuals would be interesting and helpful to your listeners um one i've got interesting clients and i, I like the fact that they're like real people like you said where people interview personal tra- they we're very good at interview people that are, are let's say i don't want to say successful i don't mean it like that but we're interviewing people that have got the good habits got all this got all that haven't they whereas i feel like it'd be quite good to interview these people who you know have kids have struggles and so people that listen to that yeah again can relate to that and understand oh i'm not the only one 
and I like I like that idea of like I'm not the only one. This happened when I went to when I used to do seminars for clients, and they used to meet each other. And something I really took away from that was like the next week of personal training clients. Oh, it's lovely to meet that client because clients only see you for an hour, don't they? And they just presume all your other clients have eight packs and massive arms and massive calves hopefully you know that's what people just assume but that's that's not the reality of it most of our gen client uh, gen pop clients are the same they have the same issues same myths you know like they've been sold the same thing and i think that'd be quite nice to interview them and understand their struggles what's changed what's it like working with a personal trainer how has it benefited you to um talk about how it's opened up other doors for other areas in their life you know just try and make it relatable as possible but fair, no fair enough it was, it was uh, some, some good points you raised and um, i was just curious because it is i guess um as far as i'm aware at least unusual um yeah. you know you don't necessarily see many fitness oriented podcasts talking to guests who are not working within the fitness industry i suppose no i'm just I can imagine you, you have it yourself. Um, as in some of your clients probably have the best stories. As in when you listen to them, you're like, I always feel mega privileged to be a personal trainer um, just because you sort of dictate your lifestyle, right? Of how you want it. Whereas you just listen to some of your clients and what they go through, what they have been through. And you're just like, wow, didn't even know you did that, you know? And I, I feel like sometimes they have actually the best stories instead of just us talking about sets and reps and conditioning and stuff like that yeah do you th think as well potentially um that a lot of personal trainers coaches will speak about habit changes going to the gym mm. eating a certain diet but do you think that potentially on average most of those people find it easier to not achieve those results but have those habits in place because they it's always it's always been part of their life in, yeah. in the sense of i imagine i imagine that most people yeah. who work in the fitness industry have always done some sort of exercise or training yeah. um, and i guess alongside that do you think that potentially interviewing your clients who don't have that background who have come to you for help with their training nutrition um it does it does it mean that the advice that they give or the experience that they've had comes from a place where that, that is closer i guess to some of your yeah. listeners like you know we all go to the gym and have low motivation even personal trainers get that but we're disciplined to still go and do the sessions we do a lot of things you know we prioritize sleep we prioritize protein we prioritize all these things that um we've let's say done for years right so sometimes when we talk about these things it's actually not from an empathetic place at all because you've got this person who comes and sees you once a week and you're the 20th priority of their life. And that's it. You know, and I feel like sometimes if you get those people talking about their struggles, get those talking about things that they've overcome, I do find that will be very relatable to the gen pop person who listens to that. Oh, this person has a similar job to me and they did this and they made that work, you know, and that's sort okay. of where, who I, yeah, why I, I suppose want clients on there and stuff. No, it's a good point. So on that sort of, whilst we're on that sort of subject of, you know, the clients that do work with you, let's just, let's just jump in and just give a, 
a few little pointers, perhaps. I know, again, put this on you, I've not, not given you a heads up at all. But on the subject of clients working with you, whether it's on one-to-one -one basis, online small groups, um, when people first start their training with someone like yourself, with, with a personal trainer, what are some of the most common reasons for them wanting to get in touch and start, would you say? Um, you know, if someone, if, someone, yeah. if someone wants to sign up with you or they inquire for, for one of your services, mm. when you ask them, you know, absolutely love to help, but before we start, you know, I need to know what you want to get out of this, what mm. you've been struggling with, mm. you know, why, what made you reach out and ask for, you know, ask for help or, or, or inquire about my services? What, what are some of the responses that you, um, you get from people? How they look and feel is like the biggest one. Um, there's like do you mean, do you mean, just quickly do you mean how they how they look and feel as in how they look and how they feel about how they look or how yeah. they look and feel in terms of how they look but how they feel in terms of pain movement fitness strength that sort of stuff you see yeah. that so like the um not so much the pain which is a good thing um but more of like not feeling i suppose capable you know i do find that the the, the type of client i attract as well is usually someone over 40 so I do think age plays a part there. You know, they've, they've done what they've wanted for years. They've had a good life. They've always remained, let's say, they've just felt okay. And I know, uh, it's like there's a tipping point, isn't there? There's like this curve, you know, as we get better and then it goes, boom, and then we've got to start resisting the decay as we go down, right? Um, and I, So I do think age, definitely how, yeah, how they feel about themselves, um, unmo unmotivated as well. I always find that's quite one, quite high on the list. People that want to know more, like they're fed up of going to the gym, going on the cardio machine, looking at people in the weight section doing stuff, and it's like, um, I've got the I've got the money to per probably pay for a personal trainer. Speak to my friend who sees a personal trainer, and then obviously referral stuff like that. So that. Okay. Oh, go so, on, sorry. so when these, so again, just just to give a few little pointers for for anybody who's who's listening who maybe finds himself in a similar position. What are a few things that, um, how to phrase this? What are a few things you do to get people more comfortable and confident doing resistance training or yeah. going to a gym? Because I can imagine that potentially at least quite a few of the people that get in touch are say, you know, not hugely confident when it comes to resistance training. Yeah. Maybe they're a bit worried about it being risky. Perhaps mm. there are individuals who aren't comfortable and confident just being mm. in a gym environment. You know, I, I've heard mm. that from time to time, especially with like big box commercial gyms with lots of people in, people are worried about being judged and not fitting in, which obviously we know is, is never the case, but that can be the impression people get. What are some things um, that you like to do when you first work with someone to help them get fitter and help them to get a bit stronger, but also to, to encourage them and keep them motivated? What, what sort of things do you tend to lean into in that regard? For me, that's just starting so simple that the client can't fail. And that, that just comes down to, you know, um, I suppose that comes down to that coach's eye. Um, even though I still think I'm very young in the fitness industry, which I, I'm an old man, but I'm young, my personal training career. It's just understanding, prescribing the right exercise and getting clients to do things that are, you know, very achievable. And obviously making that session fun as well. Like, you know, just having a good conversation, really actively engaging with that client, learning as much as you can about them, but trying to make the exercise fun, especially um, for clients. And I think that does come down to literally meeting them where they're at, 
if you've had a client that's never trained, they've got zero training age and they're over uh, 40 to 50, they're going to have a lot of preconceived ideas about the gym anyway. So let's just give them something that is so easy to do. They can't just create, create, sorry, that right environment for them, you know, and, and get them to succeed. It's like, you know, how many times you say to a client, oh, we're going to do press ups now. Right. And they're like that. And I'm like, no, we're going to start incline. Don't, don't worry. We're going to, we're going to start incline. Um, and so, oh, and they're like, oh, see, that wasn't that hard. And yet again, you know, that, that's just, uh, that's them ticking their own box of, like, oh, I can do this, you know? So it's, it's trying to get a client build confidence and competence, I suppose, in the gym. And then over time, as they get, as so they have, they obviously spend more time with me at the beginning. And as that time comes off, I try and thin, thin them out and let them spread, uh, spread their wings a little bit more with obviously still staying in touch. Um, do you find that uh, when some people first start working with you, they come in with the um, the perception that resistance training, lifting weights, is? I know we're going straight away. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry, I knew where that was going to go. To within, yeah, yeah to a degree. Okay. You know, like yeah. the whole so, so knees over toe. Not every time, but some mm. people come in with that mm. that that preconception. So. So, so as an example, if I if I was a client and I came in and I, and I I understood, I've been told that resistance training, you know, training with a good degree of intensity, whether mm. that's barbells, cables, kettlebells, cardio machines, whatever it is, um, I know that it's good for me and I probably should be doing it. But if I'm someone who's worried about it, or you know, I, I see the comments online about people saying deadlifts are bad for your back, never listen mm. to that. If I came in with that with those ideas. What sort of conversations, what things would you say? How would you go about, you know, dealing with that? If I, if I came in with those issues, what, you know, what sort of conversation would you and I have? Well, I would try and tell them, obviously, that it, it's not bad. But I would also try um, expose them to that, say, let's say that movement. Let's keep it as, let's say, a deadlift, easiest one that, you know, that one, one of the ones that gets bashed, right? Well, a lot of people, gen pop, think that, oh, that's a bad lift. I would try and expose them to that and ask them how do they feel, get that feedback from them, you know, and then I would obviously say, like, I maybe would use the whiteboard, draw something of like, say that, and show them that actually it's not a bad lift. And then, but try and expose them to that. I've always got that habit of if there's a client who has fears, of exercise or anything, I will always try and expose them to that. You know, I'm quite a big believer that if you've got someone that struggles walking up the stairs, which a lot of people actually do, and they're not confident when they walk up downstairs, guess what our gym has? Stairs. So we're going to use that, you know, and trying to obviously get them over that fear. Um, but yeah, it would definitely be like a lot of positive reinforcement around that lift. I'd, I'd talk them through it first and I'd show them it. I wouldn't show them what a bad one is. Let's say a bad rep, because there's no need to show them that. Let's just show them the good stuff and then get them to try that. If they're ready for that exercise, let's say, you know, and then build that. So if someone is listening to this podcast right now mm -hmm. and they are wanting to get into resistance training or mm -hmm. they have a particular exercise, which they kind of feel like they would like to do, but they're nervous about it. Your initial yeah. recommendation would be, hey, look, take it slow. You know, except mm. that you you're feeling a bit nervous, that's okay, that's normal. But but you know, the evidence shows us how safe on mm. the whole training is. 
Mm. Um, and just take your time, like graded exposure, you know, do, yeah. do a little bit more, do a little bit more. And, and what would you say, would you say like start really small? Yeah, always start simple and build from there. That's that's just something I'm a big fan of. As, as you know, mate, there's, there's no really, there's no real bad exercises. It's just poor application. Uh, you know, that's the issue with these these things. You'll get someone that will go like, they go on Instagram. This is just fair play to if someone tries it. They see some, an Olympic lifter doing snatches, let's say, and they go into their local gym and go, oh, I'm just going to give that a go. And they do something and it doesn't feel right. And they're like, oh my God, you know, and then they already have that association with that exercise, don't they? Oh, that's an, that's an exercise that's bad. Let's say, well, actually, you just did something you couldn't tolerate. You was underprepared. And I feel like us as coaches, our job is quite important that we make sure that when we have these new clients in with these ideas or whatever they've seen, that we expose them uh, to the right stuff at the right time and just build from there. Cool, cool, cool. Um, and obviously you work, uh, am I right in saying you primarily work in person? You have some online clients. Mm. Does the majority of your work come from in-person personal training, whether that's one-to-ones or small group? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry. You, yeah, one-to-one mainly. Yeah, go on, sorry. I was just going to say, um, obviously you, you've, you very much enjoy your time with personal training, obviously. <laughs> Uh, and you feel very passionately about it what would you say um are some of the main benefits again if i if i, if I was a, if i was someone considering online coaching mm. or personal training um you know what would you say are some of the benefits of, of having a coach and this isn't me asking you yeah. to sell sell yourself and be like hey you can sign up for my eight-week course just click through this link yeah. Just, just you know, and, and base this upon the feedback that your clients have given you. I think mm. as personal trainers, sometimes we're not sure what to say, but I'm, I imagine your clients o- over the months and years have said to you, I'm so glad I came to work with you because of X, Y, and Z, or I came mm. in with this issue and, you know, we've, mm. we've solved it, whatever, whatever the phrase mm. is. What, what, what would you say are some of the benefits that you've come across in terms of like testimonials f- from clients? What they said? Just getting people to understand exercise, how to apply it, how to progress with it but the best thing i love about one-to-one and it's something i will do for a very long time in my coaching career is how i have a personal opinion that a lot of beginners need one-to-one okay you have to be a certain type of person to not when you first start training not need one to it depends what you want to do right if you if you're a beginner and you want to start running you may not need one-to-one coaching but when it comes to lifting weights i would always prefer one-to-one but if you've got the right coach and they've got the right stuff online, I've worked with online beginners as well. And it has worked. It's just a bit harder, but what I do love one-to-one is direct it straight away. You know, if you do, if you're coaching something um, and you're trying to get someone confident with that exercise or whatever, you can just give them the feedback there. And then, you know, I, I've, I don't know if you've done this, you know, when it's like, you've got an online client and they're doing, they're sending you uh, technique videos and you're going back and forth, back and forth. Sometimes I just end up FaceTiming the client and go, look, put this here. This is how it's done. You know, so you sort of go into that one-to-one realm through a phone anyway. Um, so, sorry, the benefits went off there. Um, for most people, it's just building, yeah, again, that competence of what they can do, opening those doors. Um, but I do have quite a heavy investment in one-to-one. Um, I just feel like 
to enjoy it, you've got to make it work for you, especially. But that's for coaches anyway. Yeah. Okay. And 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 sort of to uh, to sort of, sort of tie this up and round this up, I suppose. We talked about the benefits of coaching. We talked about the misconceptions people might have about resistance training being risky or dangerous. We talked about the benefits to exercise. If someone's listening to this and they are towards the the start of their quote unquote fitness journey. You know, maybe they've tried doing some like couch to 5k previously. Maybe they've tried doing some dieting here or there. If someone's considering personal training, you know, we'll, we'll put a pin in that and put that to one side. So that can't be your answer. Um, but they also want to start taking their, their health, their, their physical health and well-being, their training a bit more seriously. Yeah. What are a few really simple things that people can do just, just to get started? You know, because, you know, we know if someone comes to you and they are a professional athlete or, you know, they've, they've spent years doing really hard stuff, then your advice might be different. But if someone just wants to get started um, in some way beyond, you know, look into personal training, look into coaching, you know, to sort of speed that initial process up. What are some really simple tips you would, you would give to me if I, if I approached you, if I, was, if I was that person? What would you say to me? Go on bodybuilding.com. <laughs> and, uh, download Arnold's blueprint. Trust me. <laughs> I know. I know your joke. I know you're joking. Uh, so of course, of course. Just, just a few. It can be three. It can be five. Yeah. Really, um, really, really simple things. Um, you know, they're they're not prepared to go in and do like um, a 45 minute CrossFit moment. Yeah, they're not quite ready for that. Yeah, they just want to improve. They're aware. Their, yeah, they're aware that they they want to be doing yeah. something. Ready to take that next step and be active. Mm some simple things that you would say if you do this today or if you do this this week this you know that would be a great start okay for me with most people get out more i.e get outside disconnect from your phone go for a walk get a bit of fresh air get a bit of vitamin d you know get in i don't i don't want to fall into the 10k steps um a day camp to a degree but that does have a purpose as well like get out get some fresh air that's something that's free as well and most of us need that time now where we've got um things in our life that are just pulling us from pillar to post IER focuses right you know like i'm on this call with you and my phone's been going off Do you know what i mean i'm not looking at it, i can hear it and so you, the attention of people in this day and age is not as good as what it once was because of the way technology is to so get out disconnect get a bit of fresh air have a good uh, think about life or whatever you want to think about. So that's for free. Obviously, weather dependent. Sleep as well. Now, that's something that's for free as well. And that's something we all have a access to. And it's something yeah. we can tweak. Most important thing okay. about sleep is creating that rhythm. Go on, sorry. I was going to say, so on the top, before we, you know, before we just go, you know, sleep more, sleep better, move on. Yeah. Give me one or two things right now that are free to do. So I don't have to go out and buy like a miracle mattress or anything like that. What are one or two things that I can do right now to help me improve my sleep quality or, or, or quantity that are feasible? You know, if, if you turn yeah. around and say to me, you need to be in bed by 8 p.m. and you need yeah. to get up no earlier than 6 a.m. And I'm a, a, a young parent with kids and a crazy job. I'm going to yeah. tell you to go fuck yourself. Yeah. Um, so what are two reasonable things that i can do right now that you think will probably help improve my sleep wow god that's hard now because i was going to talk about circadian rhythm and talk and i was going to just go you need to go to bed at the same time every night and wake up at the same 
time. That's obviously tough for some people, but that is something I do believe that people do need to do. But yeah, again, like you just said, that's, that's, some people that's listen. A, that's a fair point. That's yeah. a fair point. So would you say that even on the weekends, mm. would, would you advise people to, as much as they can without ruining their social life, try to go to bed at the same sort of time and wake up at the same sort of time? Yeah. Yeah. And why, and why is that? So you, you obviously have your sleep-wake cycle, circadian rhythm. And when most people have issues with sleep, the first thing that they need to sort out is sorting out their pattern. Cool thing about the iPhone, actually, is it has a bedtime alarm. So it's not we're, we're very good at setting alarms for waking us up, but it's very good to have one before you go to bed as well as a reminder, oh, time to go to bed. So that's something I would always um, get people to do. And then you can actually just sort of, I don't... Yeah, again, I'm not a fan of people massively tracking their sleep because then people get anxious about that. But then you can sort of see um, how you're getting on with that. Another thing that I'd say with sleep as well is try not to, depending on how tolerant you are of caffeine, probably, yeah, again, depending on the person, don't drink caffeine past um, two o'clock. Okay, uh, yeah, that's good. That's, yeah. that's, two, that's two really, really, really yeah. simple points. The caffeine one is fair enough. Mm. Um, and I say the same thing to my clients. Like some of them asked this week about, can I have a, a pre-workout for my evening workout? And I said, well, you can, but mm. you know, maybe try and get, maybe, maybe try to get one without some caffeine in it. Um, because as, as much as you'll be more alert for your workout, you also won't sleep. Yeah. Um, so limiting caffeine intake to earlier in the day, that's an interesting one. And trying to stay relatively, yeah. um, uh, try, try to create a, a sort of schedule across the week rather than being up at 6 a.m. Monday to Friday and then mm. sleeping into 10 a.m. and going to bed at two in the morning mm. on Saturday or Saturday because then your body's just always shifting. Now, yeah. obviously, you and I understand that people have social events, people have nights out, people mm. have families. So it's not always possible, but trying to do that consistently is, is, is a good place to start. Okay. And that's going to that's gonna have a positive impact on nutritional choices, especially the sleep, nutritional choices, um, your energy levels, but sort of like um, your productivity and creativity through the day as well. You know, you're going to be able to do tasks more efficiently. So the whole, the sleep thing is, is something that's actually has a massive transfer to a lot of, a lot of your life. Like let, let's say I, me and you probably had a related to this. If we have a poor night's sleep, sometimes we won't train that great that day, but sometimes you will, you know, it's just one of those things. Right. Mm -hmm. And, so, and, and taking that same sort of format. So we've got one or two really good simple pointers about sleep. Let's talk about training. So again, I'm someone who wants to get into, you know, I go to the gym every now and again, and I do some bits and pieces, but I'm ready to sort of level it up, so to speak, it's cliche here, ready to take it to the next level, um, take it a bit more seriously, but I don't really know where to start. You know, we've got cardio machines, we've got, we've got weight machines, we've got barbells, dumbbells, we've got classes. Someone wants to, they haven't got a particular goal right now, yeah. But they just want to know what they should, what they could do to do a, you know, to to push their bodies a little bit more. You know, maybe they're going to come and see you as a client mm. in a few weeks' mm. time. But right now, there's right now, I'm saying to you, oh, you know, I go to a gym, I've got membership, I can go a few times a week. What should I be looking to do? What you know, it could be one thing, it could be two or three mm. really simple things that you would say that you would advise to, to me if I came yeah. to you with that. Those questions. Wow. Um. <laughs> Do you know, I, I'd actually, so if people want to up there, this is a tough one, actually, to be honest, because I'd always I'd personally default to 
it's about time you maybe hired a coach but say we're pre that okay but they're still wanting to learn and wanting to do things um and they want to up their training let's say maybe move over add god dare i say it some maybe some more sets or reps to their exercises or maybe add a little bit more variation um should i be doing okay then let's look at the the, before before, before we even get to that my my gym experience so far has been i go and i do some of the cardio machines for a little bit maybe Mm. i'll do a class every now and again Mm. maybe i have a little little go on some of the weight machines yeah I'm just, I'm just not quite sure. I think, I think maybe there's too many options for me, mm. and I don't want to waste my time doing one when I should be doing the other. Mm. I would personally then opt for like something like a full body session for most people. I feel that I think that full body something that's often overlooked, but especially for beginners or people who are in that uh, that early stage of training, full body is going to be something for them. So you could think about right. So. Let's look at the body as like a tick list, okay? We could do it as, right, so I'm going to do something now that chain, chain uh, sorry, that trains my thigh or quads, which might be a little bit, you know, someone won't, might not know what that is. Quadriceps, sorry. Then we could go for something that maybe trains my hamstrings. We could do something that maybe chain, trains my chest, shoulders, back. Got to sound like a bodybuilding program now, doesn't it? Then we could do something that's like arms. But what I would say is please be mindful of that of when you try something new as in the volume that you're going to do, i.e. your sets and reps, okay? Like I said earlier, start simple and build from there because you're going to be walking out the... Well, sorry, no, the next day you'll be walking around like John Wayne carrying carpets, okay? So please be mindful of that. Um, I know some people have that go hard, go uh, go home mentality. And if you are, if I tell that to the wrong person that they are literally going to do um 10 sets of 10 on every machine that they do but maybe just yeah just uh keeping that variety in there with the training try different machines have a little go on something if you see someone doing something you're like oh i'd like to have a go on that don't be scared to go on that because you don't know what to do give it a try it's a machine machines are great and they're stable you just sit in them and you just do something and it go it like the the path of the movement just does everything for you right I think they're a great place to start for people that uh, particularly are in that position before hiring that coach. Well, no, it's just, there's, 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 mm. like I said, there's no right or wrong answer. I think what I was trying to do is um, oftentimes I think as personal trainers, because we are used to working with people for a long period of time, or we used to talking to other coaches, we can give some very helpful, but, but quite deep or, you know, fine, we can give yeah. the fine details. Whereas I think sometimes it's important to remind ourselves that, you know, you and I are much further ahead in terms of our mm. training, our experience, than a lot of the people that will first start working with us. And mm. I, know, I picked up on the fact that you said a lot of the times it'll be someone who's, you know, 30, 40 years old plus, um, you know, they, they want to start feeling better about themselves. They want to start improving their, their movement and their fitness. And I imagine that a lot of times those people have tried bits and pieces and they, you know, they do some bits and pieces at the gym every now and again but they're just mm. ready to, to take the next step. And I wanted yeah. to know, besides working with a coach, getting a program, what you think would be helpful. I think, I think in reality, um, not in reality, <laughs> we are in reality. I think, James, that's probably a good point to wrap up on. I feel yeah. as though we've gotten to know you a little bit more without it becoming boring. Um, and you just telling us endlessly about, you know, how long it took you to get your PT qualification <laughs> and, how much and barbells and all that boring stuff. I think we've got a good idea in terms of, you know, 
your initial hesitations of putting out a podcast, uh, mm. but then deciding upon you know how you're going to structure it, who who you want to help, why you think people should be listening to this, and the value they'll take away from it. I think it's really interesting that you're looking to interview your clients. That's mm. uh, a, a refreshingly new uh, way of doing things, as far as I'm aware. Um, and then I think we've given, I think we, I think you've given some good pointers to people, um, you know, really simple, straightforward ones about sleep, about training, um, you know, not being afraid and worried about lifting weights, which I think is a really positive message. So if you're happy to, I think we can sort of wrap this up here. Um, we've, we've, we've spoken about where people can find you online. So that was Right Mind Fitness on Instagram and Facebook, wasn't it? Yeah. And if people want to hear more from you, they want more help, um, more tips they can obviously contact you about your newsletter or work with you. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add um, at this stage? Yeah, so quick to that last bit, you don't expect anyone to go, yeah. <laughs> it's like, has anyone got any questions? And you're like, please don't say it. Yeah, I've got a quick <laughs> um, When it comes to exercise, anything is better than nothing. That's, I'm a big fond believer of that, right? Like anything within reason is better than nothing i just wanted to add that on to those last points that we were talking about when it comes to that person in the gym who's more curious that was it cool fantastic fantastic um i think if you're happy to we'll sort of wrap it up there um i will hand the reins back over to you um thank you for having me on and switching over the roles i'm looking forward to uh having the roles reversed and looking forward to listening to your podcasts um, in the not too distant future, um, especially actually listening to the ones with your clients. It's always interesting to get um, a point of view from um, other people that don't work from the fitness industry. Mm. So I will hand it over to you, James, um, and I will let you uh, wrap this up. Thank you, Thank you, Aaron, for interviewing me on my podcast, mate. <laughs>